Welcome to your Active's Agri-Food Brief. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And I'm Natasha Foote. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from your Active's Agri-Food team. So this week we are taking a closer look at two of the biggest stories from the past seven days. And the first story that we're going to delve a little deeper into is the news that the European Commission has launched a public consultation on its future action plan on organic farming and also proposed to postpone by one year the entry into force of the new organic regulation. The announcement is part of the Commission's efforts to support the organic sector, which plays a key role in achieving the goals of the biodiversity strategy and also the farm-to-fork strategy, which includes the target of reaching 25% of agricultural land farmed under organic farming by 2030. So the Organic Action Plan is designed to look at how organic production can help the agri-food sector improve its sustainability across the supply chain developing both demand for organic products and also for organic production. Separately, the new set of rules for organic farming, which were actually approved in 2018, is designed to ensure fair competition for farmers whilst preventing fraud and maintaining consumer trust in an effort to reflect the changing nature of this rapidly growing sector. So the new organic regulation was originally due from the 1st of January 2021 But lawmakers and campaigners have been pushing for a one-year postponement of its application to the 1st of January 2022. Euractiv spoke with Eduardo Cuoco, who is the director at iFoam Organics Europe, to hear about why the organic sector was pushing for this and what this announcement means for the future of the sector. Organic Europe welcomes the announcement by the Commission that the upcoming EU action plan is open to 12 weeks of public consultation. We believe that the EU action plan is crucial to cope with the target of 25% organic land that has been set um, in the biodiversity and farm-to-fork strategy. We will need to ensure that the action plan will be effective and deliver to the ambition of these strategies. To do so, we will need time-bound targets, an adequate budget and a real influence on the CAP national strategic plans. The new EU action plan should include steps to incentivize conversion to organic and, on the other hand, to boost demand and raise awareness on the benefits of organic production. Among others, we expect that the action plan will simplify and promote access to organic, will increase consumer understanding and uptake of organic products, will support uh, a bigger uptake of organic in a green public procurement, will ensure the availability of inputs for organic farming and for the organic industry, and will invest into organic research and innovation activities to make possible to offer organic solutions not only to the organic supply chain, but to the overall agri-food system. Finally, iFarm Organics Europe also welcomed the proposal to postpone the entry into force of the new organic regulation by one year. It has been a strong request of our sector. In fact, the new regulation foresees the adoption of 15 to 18 delegated and implementing regulation, which will define the specific rule to be applied uh, by the organic cooperators. And the Commission and the Member States are still discussing and finalizing them. Without the postponement, most of this specific requirement would have been published at the very end of 2020, leaving in the best case only a few weeks for organic operators, certification body and national competent authorities to adapt to the new rules. So, 
the organic movement is happy that on one end, the institution will have a bit more time to finalize their discussion on this complex set of secondary legislation. We need to ensure the quality and the implementability of the future organic rules. On the other hand, our organic farmers, organic processors, retailers, and the certification body, together with the national competent authorities, will have enough time to adapt to the new regulatory framework. So as always, if you'd like to learn more about this story, feel free to check out the agri-food section of the Euractiv website where you can find the full story on this. In other news, uh, it was a busy week in Brussels with the Commissioner for Agriculture, Janusz Wojciechowski, who made his first appearance after the summer break during a hearing uh, before the European Parliament's Agriculture Committee on Monday. And the most interesting thing he said was that the Commission is looking for legal solutions to deploy as quickly as possible the 7.5 billion top-up Uh, that will come to the EU's farming subsidies program from the EU post-COVID stimulus plan. Uh, What I'm talking about, in July there was a historical deal on the seven-year budget that the EU leaders agreed after 92 hours of intense negotiations, and this deal included an extra allocation meant exclusively for strengthening the Rural Development Fund which is the Common Agricultural Policy second pillar, and which is also dealing with the uh, climate and environmental actions in the CAP. These complementary funds were included in this historic, again, next generation EU recovery plan uh, intended to help different sectors recover from the disruption caused by the pandemic. So Wojciechowski basically said, this is a recovery fund and we have to recover now not in two or three years. So this idea of making this amount of money uh, available as from the next budget year, so 2021, has been backed by several MEPs from different political groups, including the two biggest ones. So the center-right Europe's People Party, DPP, and the Socialists and Democrats, uh, SND. And also a proposal to spend almost the entire amount of these additional rural development funds uh, in the next few years has been put forward in the last few weeks by the rotating EU presidency, uh, currently held by Germany. And the other news of the week was the appointment of uh, Valdis Dombrovskis, the Latvian commissioner, who was the EU executive vice president for economic policy before, as the new EU trade commissioner, replacing the resigning Phil Hogan. You'll find our thoughts on this appointment on the newsletter, but you know uh, it's a post that has a crucial say in the EU agri-food sector as well. I mean, trade policy is about many things, of course, but it is a lot to do with agri-food too. And if you remember last week, we spoke about the the free trade agreement with Canada, uh, which is risking uh, falling apart because of Alumi, the Cypriot cheese. So um, Dombrovskis, of course, has a great, great track record, and he served as prime minister of his country too. But Phil Hogan has left a void in the commission, and even as a former EU agricultural chief, he was the EU agricultural commissioner before Janusz Wojciechowski, he was felt by the agri-food sector to be 
one of their own, just to make an example, Pekka Peson and the Secretary General of the EU Farmers Association, defended Hogan publicly in the midst of, uh, of the scandal. So it's interesting now to see how Dombrovskis will be um, in touch with stakeholders as never dealt with before, and also with multiple high-stake agri-trade talks looming large, disappointment leaves a question mark or two. And now for the agri-food news from the capitals this week, starting in Germany, where the German Green Party has put forth a plan for a more climate-friendly agriculture. And key points of this plan include linking agriculture funding to public welfare conditions, sequestering carbon in the soil, limiting pesticide use and reducing the amount of livestock in the country. In France, last week, the French Prime Minister Jean Castex announced the recovery plan which included 1.2 billion euros for agriculture. And this is designed to help the agricultural sector restore some competitiveness and prepare it for climatic challenges ahead. There was also a strong focus on food sovereignty, with the main focus to sharply reduce the import of proteins for livestock farming. And through this plan, oilseed crop producers hope to reduce France's dependence on imports from 45% to 35%, compared to nearly 65-70% to in Europe over the coming years. In the UK, with the trade bill currently being debated in the House of Lords this week, the National Farmers Union is calling for peers to amend the bill so that Parliament will be given the final say on whether to ratify new trade agreements. So currently there is actually no requirement for Parliament to debate trade deals before they are signed into law, and safeguards to allow MPs to reject such trade deals are limited. The National Farmers Union President Manette Batters said that there is no doubt that the countries we are currently negotiating with are demanding access to our prized market for their agricultural products and she warned that this could result in a massive increase in the amount of food being imported and often produced in ways that would be illegal in the UK. And we move to Ireland where the head of the Irish Farmers Association has called on the new Minister for Agriculture Charlie McConnellogue to begin an immediate overhaul of the tuberculosis forum, which he says has failed farmers. In Poland, uh, Jaroslaw Kaczynski, who's the head of the Poland's right-wing Law and Justice Party, presented a draft law improving animal protections on Tuesday and has called for all political groups and their supporters for their backing. The ban would impose a limit on animal breeding, increasing the competences of NGOs, and increasing also the frequency of farm inspections. And lastly, Belgium has launched a new website about how it's managing invasive species, in line with the EU's invasive alien species regulation, detailing how it is being implemented in the country. And now some EU news from Brussels and beyond. As we are approaching the final plenary vote on the EU's farming subsidies program, the Common Agricultural Policy, the Parliament's biggest political group, Centre-Right Europe's People's Party, DPP, adopted its position on the dossier. According to the coordinator of the party, they want to push on dedicating 30% of the funds to climate and the environment. However, the position was actually criticized by some NGOs as a greenwashing attempt. Meanwhile, the German presidency has proposed 
other member states a two-year pilot phase for the ECHO schemes, which is the system to deliver the Common Agricultural Policy Climate Goals. However, environmental campaigners, again, uh, went ballistic at the request to set a specific minimum share of productive and non-productive areas. In a round table with the Europe's Crop Protection Industry, ECPA, major agri-food players outlined their commitments to support the Green Deal, which included an investment of over 14 billion in new technologies and more sustainable products by 2030. Key focus areas included digital and green recovery, biopesticides, circular economy of plastic, and commitment to training 1 million farmers and advisors to help minimize exposures and reduce the risk of pesticide use. The European Court of Justice has dismissed Slovenia Liga action, which asked the annulment of the delegated regulation according to which the wine designation Teran may be used on the labels of Croatian wines. Also, the Advocate General of the European Court of Justice advised that the Flemish law that prohibits the slaughter of animals without stunning, like the halal and kasher method, is not permitted under the EU law. And lastly, over 300 scientists launched a call for action uh, urging EU institutions to set fishing limits within scientific advice. On our radar this week, the European Commission has launched a public consultation this week on its new initiative for a long-term vision for rural areas. The consultation aims to collect views on current opportunities and challenges in rural areas, aspirations for rural areas and the actions needed to achieve these aspirations in the future. The public consultation is open until the 30th of November 2020 and any interested European, including consumers, the agri-food sector, farmers, civil society organisations can contribute. So that is all from us this week, but be sure to sign up to the Euractiv Agri-Food Brief to get your weekly dose of all things agriculture and food in the EU. I'm Natasha Foote. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you.